our ECFR Asia program conversation on the future of EU-Japan cooperation. My name is Yanka Ertl, and I'm the director of the Asia program here at ECFR. And I'm delighted to welcome two excellent experts to spend 15 minutes with me discussing the prospects of cooperation with the United States, challenges on cybersecurity and emerging technology, and many other aspects of the EU-Japan relationship. With me today, there are Eddie Polkam, who's a visiting fellow of the Asia program at ECFR, and Bondi O'Hara, a senior fellow at the Sazakawa Peace Foundation. Welcome to both of you. So my first question goes to Bondi O'Hara. In light of the new Biden administration, where do you see the strongest potential for security cooperation between Japan and the EU with the United States? I think this is a new situation that we find ourselves in. There's new opportunities now on the horizon. So what do you think? What is the strongest potential? Thank you, Yanka. And, uh, it is no doubt that the uh, economic cooperation and the military cooperation is important for Japan and the EU because they are the original power. However, I believe the uh, cooperation in digital trust operation must be needed for the Japan and the EU in the new era. The Biden administration, its most pressing issues, domestic problems like suppression of the uh, new coronavirus, and economic recovery, and its priority uh, is the climate change problem. In terms of security, the administration recognizes the Russia as the threat, and it has the strong interest in the Middle East this moment. On the other hand, at this stage, the Biden administration's policy toward Asia is uncertain and is expected to take more than six months before the decision of the direction. However, the uh, current issues is how to maintain international order norms, and uh, it is not a problem in a specific uh, region. Japan is encouraging the uh, Biden administration to uh, pay uh, equal attention to the Indo-Pacific region, but the uh, issues of maintaining international order is not a problem that can be treated only in the geographic space. In the 5G, real world has been uh, incorporated into the uh, virtual world, but in 5G, the uh, virtual world is controlling the things, objects in the real world. The uh, vector of the service has uh, reversed. The uh, 1G, 2G uh, is real world to real world, like the uh, telephone call, but uh, 3G to 5G is the uh, real world to uh, virtual world, like the uh, online games, something. And uh, 5G is virtual world to the real world. We must understand those kind of vectors. The uh, world is understand, uh, undergoing digital transformation, and the uh, digital trust will become an issue of how people around the world can use their network freely and safely. And uh, digital trust is the uh, basis of digital society, uh, digital economy, and military operation. In addition, the uh, usage of network expands. The applications such as SNS are changing the means of information sharing and how to ensure the trustworthiness of information is becoming an issue. Currently, the U.S. Uh, GAFAM, Google, uh, Apple, now Facebook, Amazon, and uh, Microsoft, those kind of private companies leading the uh, digital business. But instead of leaving the uh, guarantee of digital trust to the U.S. alone, now, we believe that Japan and EU should, and we also can, uh, cooperate to guarantee the free and open 
an orderly uh, use of network. Uh, in order to achieve this, and Japan and the EU must cooperate in the technology aspect and also the policy aspect, and also the build up each capabilities, I think. Thank you, Banji. And, and Ellie, from a European perspective, I mean, there is a bit of a distrust that was there for the last four years in the transatlantic space. How do you think the, the new Biden administration kind of has an effect on Europe and Japan cooperation and the potential that is there in the, in the coming four years? Well, thank you, Janka. Well, I believe the great potential for a trilateral cooperation lies in the existing sectorial strengths and capabilities. So for the EU, these lie in the areas of trade, technology, standards, or green transition, but also in, in the health area. And I, these are areas where the European countries could really leverage their strengths and where I see the US could possibly consult towards the EU. So in this regard, I really see potential for the EU and Japan that they can be more than just the classic junior partners, but instead have a bigger possibility to shape and influence the discussion, especially vis-a-vis -vis China. Also, like Ohara-san said, um, with regard to the Indo-Pacific strategy in the field of um, digital infrastructure efforts across the Indo-Pacific, I really see potentials for cooperation in this regard. In our podcast today, we want to focus a bit more on the digital agenda on, you know, the cyber challenges and the digital space in general. So Ellie, what do you think? Are Europe and Japan ready for the challenges ahead for the digital century, the 21st century, a digital century? Have they both invested enough time and energy to deal with threats and issues and the global competition that is emerging in this space? What do you think? <laughs> well, I think the goodwill is there and uh, lots of initiatives are there. There is knowledge, there is innovation potential, but I believe there is still a lack of implementation. So in my opinion, both the EU and Japan are too slow and too reactive and regulatory than actually innovative and strategic. So the speed of technology is very fast and we have to realize this challenge of time and understand that in this field, especially time is very precious to keep up. So and I think exactly there is the problem. Also, the EU and Japan are very risk averse and very law centric. And also there are lots of initiatives that, as I just said before, but many are very cross agency approaches at the moment. And there's no comprehensive approach to deal with all these challenges. There's no all inclusive strategy that could be implemented fast. And I think this is the problem. So the roots are there. And I believe both parties woke up but there's still a lot of work to do. Bonji, would you agree? Are we ready for the digital challenges or are we going to be too slow in Europe and Japan? What do you think? Yes, I agree with her about the, uh, we are ready to uh, cooperate. But uh, as my recognition, unfortunately, the Japanese government does not have enough personnel who understand the uh, change uh, which 5G has brought. Now the use of network has already shifted from the uh, hardware-driven to the uh, software-driven. Now the uh, cloud providers and application providers playing the uh, leading role in the 5G services instead of the uh, telecommunication companies, which can provide the uh, network itself. But Japan has the intention to cooperate with the EU because uh, it is needed. And I believe the uh, EU also recognized the cooperation between Japan is needed 
So the, uh, we can start uh, from the uh, trying to uh, get mutual understanding. I would like to shift the conversation a bit from like the digital standards to the cybersecurity challenge of the conversation. So what do you think, Bonji, what should be the priority for both countries on cybersecurity when we talk and think about emerging new technologies? What is the effect of the coronavirus pandemic? Have we have moved further into the digital space? What are the largest challenges if you have to prioritize them from like one to three, for example? <laughs> yes, uh, it is difficult to question uh, to prioritize. In order to uh, manipulate a real-world object from the uh, virtual world, in, uh, delays in the uh, data sharing not uh, acceptable. So we need to uh, keep the uh, high-speed information sharing. At the same time, uh, we need to guarantee the uh, safe usage of the network. So the first priority must be capacity building of the uh, cyber resilience. As I, I say, the, uh, we cannot defend the uh, cyber attack f- perfectly, and uh, we must understand we will have the uh, cyber attack. So we need to uh, detect cyber attack quickly, and uh, we must contain the uh, damage quickly, and also uh, recover the uh, services in the uh, short period. This capability must be needed in the uh, 5G era. Japan and uh, European countries can develop this capability in the cooperation, I think. Ellie, what do you think? Uh, what should be the priorities that we set in this space? Yeah, well, I think first we need to change the mindset on governmental level, but also on business executive level that cybersecurity and emerging technologies have really become a political issue and that therefore strategic assessments are necessary and have to be formulated and also implement it fast. The second point is, I think manpower is very important. So international developments have to be monitored in order to be able to react appropriately. And considering that monitoring capacities have to be built up, but also experts on cybersecurity. The third point I would say is innovation is necessary to influence and keep control of regulation standardization. So that means that funding for research and development should be really increased. And therefore, the government, but especially the tech companies, must rethink their strategies and offerings to accommodate, first and for all, the new security landscape. And I think the private sector has to be integrated, building consensus between the public and the private sector, but also with the research sector to identify each party's needs and continuously adjust. So I believe funding in research and development is very important, but also funding in general in cybersecurity to face the challenges we're dealing with at the moment. Thank you, Ali. And I would like to, as a kind of a, to come to a closing of our conversation, zoom out a little bit more and talk about uh, the elephant in the room that we haven't talked about yet. And that is obviously the China challenge that both Europe and Japan are facing. ECFR recently published a poll on how Europeans view the United States. And uh, one of the key findings was that across the 11 surveyed countries, six out of 10 think that China will become more powerful than the United States within the next 10 years. Now, this also has something to do with the technology potential, with the, the potential how China is perceived in the digital space. But what do you both think? What does this mean for, for key allies of the United States, like Japan and Europe, not only with regard to the digital space, but more generally within there is a, a broader perception that China's strength will only grow. How does that change the kind of the narrative? How does it change the dynamic and the arithmetics of dealing with this challenge? 
Yes, for both Japan and uh, EU, the uh, goal is not to uh, defeat uh, China, but to uh, guarantee the uh, digital trust. In order to uh, guarantee the digital trust, uh, we need to maintain our influence uh, over China. Because if China tries to uh, bring in norms, inhibit the uh, use of free and uh, secure network, we need to uh, stop the uh, China. However, the, uh, it is difficult for the a single country to have enough influence over China. So we, the uh, Japan and the EU, uh, must cooperate. And as said, we can cooperate in the uh, capacity building. Capacity building uh, includes the technologies, equipment, and also the uh, personnel uh, development. And also the uh, we can uh, share the idea through the uh, conducting uh, exercise and uh, discussion. So as China becomes more powerful, the uh, necessity of the cooperation between Japan and the EU is getting increased, I think. Thank you, Banji. And Ali, as a closing here for our conversation, what do you think? How should we deal with the China challenge in light of the fact that a lot of Europeans think that China will become a lot more powerful than the United States? Yes, I agree with Ohara-san that doing things alone now, the time for that is over. So now it's the time to shape alliances appropriately and to make seriously coordinated efforts to work together. So for the EU and Japan, this is a big chance. And I see they are both more self-conscious and more proactive. There is absolutely a great possibility to work together and to cooperate in the field of digitalization and cybersecurity. Like Ohara-san said before, in common exercises and exchange of views, exchange of knowledge. And the EU and Japan both should continue to follow their interests and their potentials. And I believe the U.S. position in all this really depends very much how the U.S. will manage its alliances with Japan and with the EU. So it's not about to restore alliances, but more that alliances have to be transformed and possibly adjusted according to the challenges we're facing at the moment. So there are lots of overlap in problems um, Japan and the EU and the US have with China. And I think there is a great possibility to find a common ground there. So maybe the, the question is um, how the US will deal with this, how the US will react on a more proactive Japan in the region as a security ally, and also with a possible more self-conscious EU in this regard. So I think there's great potential for good cooperation. I think great potential is a great ending for a conversation. So thank you very much, Ellie and Bonji, for joining us and for having the conversation with us. A little tour de force through Japan-Europe cooperation, the transatlantic relationship, and what it means for the digital and cybersecurity space. Thank you from my side. Thank you from ECFR. And I hope you listen in again soon. Mm-hmm.